Hey, hello, and we're back with another episode of Dance Jams. Um, I think we have an interesting topic, uh, a topic that it's close to not only my heart, but it's close to our heart, and it's about body shaming. And we would like to have an unfiltered conversation on body and shaming. And of course, I would never do this without my good friend and um, fellow Dance Jam, Ton Greten. Let me see if he is there. Hey, Ton, are you there? I am there, Sean. Nice to see you. Nice to hear you. Nice to see you. Hey, I would like to talk. I know we did it in Dutch already, but I would like to talk uh, to you about body shaming. I know that is also a topic that you uh, feel very strongly about, Um, but I do too. What do you think? Is that a good good topic for today? Absolute. Absolute, Sean. It's something what goes on my heart. And um, yes, we will... uh, kick make a kick off you can start sean yeah <laughs> no all right so body shaming so let's us uh, let us um you know look at it from several perspectives but what we notice actually is that uh you know whether it's in a class or when people uh, look at um look at dance that um there are sometimes very strong reactions more on the appearance on someone than maybe on the abilities or capabilities of the performance itself and we just wonder why that uh, why that is where is that coming from is that always bad uh, and then uh, if we explore to it and actually we see some pretty strong examples how weird that can be body shaming right so that's uh, that's what we're going to talk about you know and um, you know dancers uh, apparently need to only be tall and you know well-fitted shapes, otherwise they cannot dance, Tom. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's uh, that's an opinion what we have. I would start with the beginning. Why we yeah. have an opinion about somebody appearance, how somebody must look. Yeah. That's quite strange because um, you have cultural backgrounds, and in different cultures you have different opinions about how somebody have to look but when i put it to dance related to dance to um, the ballet academies they looking for a particular a particular type of person and when you are on a young age like uh, 10 11 12 and you go to your first academy of ballet they would say okay you need long legs you need to have the joints have to go very open long neck uh, long arms but still these children are growing in the beginning so and they not explain what they're looking they're looking just for a child who they could educate and somebody who had some more weight uh, then they would say, oh, sorry, um, we cannot accept you. Or yeah. somebody uh, hmm. looks very small. Yeah. I would not give a judgment about that one, but they judge these uh, bodies and they look for a particular body type, but they not give context to the, say, the one who want to be in that academy and to the parents. So they think only about, ah, I need only to 
to dance good and very well and I need to have experience in a certain area of ballet. And this is quite strange for me um, it starts already on a young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically what you're saying is that uh, some, if not all, um, you know, <coughs> famous ballet academies, they have uh, criteria how someone needs to look like, you know, the appearance, what has to do with the length of the bones and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that's the first criteria to let you in. Um, and you would think that dance ability and skills would be the first criteria, but it's not. <laughs> it's the other <laughs> way around, which is really strange. Now, that in itself, as bad as that sounds, if that was very clear from the very beginning, then at least you know, oh, I don't fit that criteria. Let me not take the trip to Paris and see if I can get into that academy. But um, it is actually not so clear, and that feels very bad for young dancers particularly right that they are dismissed just on appearance yes uh, uh, the outside tried to put a sticker on you how you must look or a stamp on you this is how you must look i have one example i dance once latin dancing so samba cha-cha-cha and one of my teachers i had several teachers but this one I had mainly many lessons from, uh, Marcel de Rijk. Um, he has passed away uh, last year. That's really a pity. It was really, really nice. But his picture was, every Latin dancer needs to have black hair. And actually, I was blonde. Now I'm bold. <laughs> and uh, in that time, I thought, okay, I will do my hair black. Then my results will go forward and uh what looks so stupid <laughs> me with black black hair and my eyebrows <laughs> i had also to make black <laughs> i looked really like a clown <laughs> i think i i did this for at least one year or two years i walk with it <laughs> and uh, and and in blackpool i thought okay i will shave it between the rounds from the evening to the uh, from the daily rounds to the evening rounds and it's very special because then everybody goes in a very nice suit in a smoking in the evening dress and the judges also they go in the evening dress and uh, in the smoking and when i came to the floor i saw the shock in the face of all these judges and the audience the perceivers who was watching to you and like with the mouth like open <gasps> surprise <gasps> what he did there is he is crazy and then you can see how stereotyping they are they want that you are in a certain box that you look like a certain person and actually um they were in shock and i felt not happy how I looked and with the bold no I'm bold <laughs> at that time I thought okay I want to look like Andre Ag Agassi he was tennis huh? yeah. and tennis player and um, yes yeah. and many years later that was in the 90s they not remember who won but they remember that I was bold <laughs> yeah they do 
You know, and you have that same thing. I, I remember when, uh, Lou, I mean, we're talking about ballroom dancing here and Blackpool was at that time at least uh, probably one of the most prestigious uh, competitions in the world. So it was, uh, that's, uh, you know, that uh, that had an impact. But I also remember when, uh, same thing, it's the same topic. Uh, Louis van Amstel once had a ponytail. They were more talking about his ponytail than his dancing abilities. Then mm -hmm. you had Sandro Cavallini, who danced with the bandana, you know, mm -hmm. because he was bald. And he so he danced with the bandana. They were more talking about his bandana than his dancing. So, of course, we, we're not saying that appearance is not important. Appearance is, is part of the performance art. Uh, the, the question here is, uh, when is that appropriate to use? And when is it actually more like body shaming if you would say something fat people can never become number one you have to lose at least 20 pound that is a form of body shaming right that that's that, that that's what we're talking about or bald people can never be number one uh, because you need to have black hair that is that is a form of body shaming which we uh, which can damage specifically younger people on a very deep core level for the rest of their of their life um, yes, I yes, I understand that, Sean. And this happened a lot also, yeah. not only in the Latin ballroom world, also in the ballet world, but also in the daily life world. Of course, yeah, of course. And, and I give some examples what happened. Uh, my daughter danced and she danced on an on a academy. I will not say the name now, but the most academies behave strange like that and um, they said to her when I would have a knife or she told to me I don't know if it was to her or to somebody else but she said to me the teacher said when I would have a knife I would cut a little bit from left a little bit from right a little bit from your uh, boobs and a little bit from your uh, from your uh, popo, your ass, and then you would have the exactly form what we want, yeah. and we, not I want. Um, this is uh, not acceptable to young children, because this can influence your whole life and follow you for the rest of your life. Oh yeah. And another, and another example is. In our world, in the Latin world, one colleague came in Moscow and said uh, to the girl I was judging there, was on a very nice competition in Moscow. I go on that competition. After I see the dancers who won that competition and the trainer came there and she was a she said, next time you have to be 10 kilo off. And I get a shock and I said to the teacher, sorry, can you not say first hello? No, no, it's like that. And years later, the, her name was Julia. Julia, I saw again in St. Petersburg. And I said uh, to Julia, can you remember that time that the teacher said that? She said, no, I don't know. No, I said, I at that time, I was in shock. No. For me, it was fine. I know this teacher was so crazy, so I, did, I didn't take it serious. 
Yeah. What do you think about these two examples, Sean? Yeah, well, of course, there is, uh, there is a very strong correlation specifically with young girls and uh, the form of anorexia and bulimia uh, when they go into that world. So uh, it's pretty well documented that there is a connection between eating disorders and wanting to keep up with uh, the, ba the ballet criteria, right? Um, so that, I think that is, that's, that's a very strong point to see that is maybe not uh, correct. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's, we say that all, uh, maybe without thinking about it, if we say something about something that appearance, because we say, hey, ballroom dancing, dancing is, is, has something to do with beauty. We want to look beautiful. But if someone is too tall, too dark, uh, too, uh, maybe too much weight, we immediately put them outside that category of what is not beautiful. So even if we don't say it directly, you dismiss someone saying, hey, you are not beautiful enough to do what, what other people do. And that is very damaging to someone's, uh, to a young, uh, to you, not only to a young person, but specifically, of course, to, to younger people. Uh, so what I think about it, I have literally no good words for it. If you and I would make a choreography and the choreography is in such a short, short way that we uh, make, let's say we do that, <laughs> we want to make an extreme difference between tall and short uh, people, then we would say in the advertisement, hey, uh, dear people, we are looking for dancers and we have a specific theme where we want to portray short and long people. And then we are very clear what we're looking for. I don't think, I don't have a problem with that. If they are very clear about the criteria and why the context is as such. But when it's given and loaded with subjective things like beautiful and you ought to be like this, you know, when it's subjective, uh, that's when I have a big problem uh, with it. Does that make sense, uh, Tom? So This makes absolutely sense because if you have the news media put uh, in the magazines like yeah. um, or on TV, women with thicker lips, yeah. then it, uh, and you put this year after year in it. Yeah woman wants looks like that yeah. and uh, yeah, so you get industry. influence yeah. yeah no the fashion industry is of course uh, well you can have your opinion about it because i use a subjective word it's the worst but at least for a long time um, uh, these criteria and although they changed right there was a time that we only wanted to have someone that looks like twiggy like this and then it needs to be tall people um, and so the beauty and, and, and fashion industry, they, they do a lot of body shaming. You have to look in a certain way. Also, the way they make their dresses, they only look good if you are in that body type, right? Now, there are two. I, I forgot which chain it is here. It's either Walgreens or um, or CVS. Those are two really big things like Kruidvat in, in the Netherlands, right? And they banned that type of, of advertisement. You won't see that advertisement in their stores anymore. They don't want to portray a certain type of a woman um, uh, to sell the products. They literally um, took a really big stance uh, on, that, uh, on that point. So things are changing a, a, a little bit. That is, uh, sh mm. that is for sure. Um, yes. 
But uh, Sean, I think by myself, it's we speak about body shaming mm -hmm. and body would be more physical. Is that correct? Uh, well, if you only talk about body shaming, yes, but that's why the subtitle is body and shaming. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. What is it um, from physicality, from the um, mind, yeah, from the mind? Is it not a, an abuse of misbehave of power? Yeah, in the in the in the in the in the examples that you gave, it's absolutely an abuse. Yeah, of course, that is that is a, that is a misuse of power for one hundred percent sure. Um, and um, and yeah. then the outcome, there is a correlation then with the body shaming, then with the misbehave of the power and the correlation of body shaming. You have to big ears, you have to dye your hair black. Yeah, you have to lose weight. They said to my daughter on the academy, um, you was two weeks ill. Now you're looking good. But my daughter feel terrible, even yeah. when she was better. So I don't know what is going in that head of these teachers there. I don't know what they're thinking. They not aware of their influence from the outside. So they are actually, I would say, actually, they have a disease and they not know that they have a disease. <laughs> Can you see that picture? They have something in their mind, put a picture in it, how somebody must look. And this is actually a judgment uh, from somebody who is not that this is actually not acceptable. <laughs> I think um, I can smile about it, but I think sometimes people are really, really um, think not what they're doing with somebody other's people life. So try to behave, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is, that is I think uh, that is for me, that's whether it's a disease or not, but they absolutely not aware. And if they are aware, then they become borderline evil people. If you are aware, but you don't care, right? You are aware, but you don't care. Oh, I know what I do to this young person, uh, but I don't actually don't care. For me, it's only important uh, that we get a certain type of person in our academy. Uh, and it and it's given a little bit, um, I, I read up a little bit, uh, the way they defend themselves is that you know, we want our students to um, to be successful, and we have very limited place for students. So we would we don't want people to be disappointed doing this education. And we know, and that is of course a bogus story, that if you fit these criteria, which are not even clear, but if you fit these criteria, you have more chance for success. That's a little bit the story that sometimes they truly believe that. You know, they really, because they are raised in that way, <laughs> they grew up in that culture and they didn't open their mind for what it is. And again, Tom, if it's super clear that that is the case, right, then I can choose as a dancer to, even if I would fit the criteria, I probably don't even want to be in that academy, but that would be me. 
yes but correct. at least you have a choice then you have a then you have an then you have an open choice but if you let someone fly all the way or it doesn't have to be fly but go all the way to a certain spot and then you wait for a few hours and then you hear based on those criteria you didn't even dance oh <laughs> you don't fit that would not be okay yes and you know what you have you have like a fat shaming you have a ear shaming the ear from your ears yep. a nose shaming yeah big nose small the nose. hair the closing shaming yeah age shaming because i think every human being on that world is unique and is the art themselves they are already art and if you would look at from that perspective then you would not have a judgment how somebody have to look No, that's um, but that's maybe an, a too ideal world, right? Uh, but uh, you know, we uh, we can at least uh, at least put it uh, as a topic uh, <laughs> on the agenda, like we did today. Uh, um, but yeah, how to how to do this different is the is the question, right? We we some sort of a fantasy that um, we need to fit into some sort of a beauty. Uh, and that changes, by the way, right? If you go a few hundred years back, and uh, there is a, a famous Dutch painter called Ruben, right? And he actually painted quite a bit of chubby, um, fat women, and that was the that was the beauty at that time, you know. That was literally how men thought that is what we like. Well, they were influenced also at that time, and then. You know, I think in the 60s, 70s, it was skinny what was more beautiful. So if we think that there is one one definition of what beautiful, that's absolutely not true. That is so influenced by media and by the time and by culture. Um, So some people say, no, 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 but you know, so, so beauty is such a subjective thing. And if it comes to subjectivity, we should never dismiss anyone because they don't fit in that criteria of beauty of that moment yes sean and there is no golden standard it does not no, exist it doesn't, doesn't they exist. make that golden standard and think, and they believe and they think there is a golden standard but actually people yeah. who are listening yeah, there isn't there isn't and my my daughter actually talking about uh, she is doing a research at the moment at least she makes a, she made a proposal for her finals to do a research about uh, the beauty and the beauty industry and Korea Korea is a huge beauty industry and if you hear this this would make you you know make your toe curls <laughs> is uh, people uh, a lot of parents already put money aside from when they're very young to do beauty correction uh, surgery. So, so when the child is born, parents start to put money aside and you can have special funds for it so that when they're 16 or 17 can do a beauty correction. Can, can you imagine your child is born? It's not even grown up. I mean, it's the most precious thing in the world, but they put in the culture, well, not everyone, obviously, right? I mean, that would be a too big of a generalization, but they put in the parent's mind by 16 he needs to have a beauty correction oh yeah i i could imagine sean 
when you have the ears like this, yeah, like that, yeah, I could imagine that you would uh, make it um, oh, to course. the of course to the normal standard that everybody no, I, I, and when you have ears like that, uh, maybe like this, maybe, maybe, no, but I do. I do. Yeah. I do see that too. I think there is there is a lot of good in in that thing. If you maybe you you had an accident, right? Something happened to your yeah. face, and they can correct it. Like my other sister, she she was burned from her whole face. They had to do a lot of correction, uh, and so it, it's great that we can do that now, right? It's great to do we do that, and and even to some extent, if you, indeed your ears are, you know, I I can see that. That but that's different. Then when yes. the child is born and it didn't even grow up, you already have the mindset to say, I want to give her money or, or him for corrective uh, surgery. You, you don't even yes. know that that is that I think that's breeding something in that, uh, in that culture. And so it's not only in the Western culture. So it is from all times you saw the, the famous yes. Chinese uh, feet where the feet had to be very small, right? You know, we have because there yes. was a thing. You have, of course, the famous thing in 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 the stripe where the necks need to be long, and that yeah. was the sign of beauty. And we have. through the nose, through the, the uh, nose, you know, and the things in the yeah. lip. So we have in the lip. From, yeah. yeah, we have it from all from all cultures. Um, yeah. A lot is coming from the fact that. Um, we equate a certain appearance with success in life, right? Yes, yeah. yes, so, yes, yes. Um, I, I wanted to go back to one thing from time, Sean. Hmm. You know Coco Chanel? Yeah, of course. She said um, more than 100 years ago, she take a scissor and said, okay, finish the corset for the women. A woman needs not a corset and a woman not need these big heads. And she was one of the first uh, um, designer um, for women. And all the men at that time were against her. But she did it because she was a woman and she know exactly how she want to feel, uh, how a woman must feel. Yeah. So she put the scissors and finished the corset and this was in the beginning really a revolution and from there you can see how it changed um, from that area to now that the woman uh, can wear what they want to wear and yeah. uh, do not yeah. put the judgment on it on the shaming you have to look in clothes like this or like that yeah, I think that's the whole. Uh, that's the whole point. Is there is a freedom in there? There's, there's of course. I mean, if it comes to clothing, uh, I think everyone has a good feeling of what you can and, and, and cannot wear to a normal dinner. I don't think we have to wear uh, a smoking to go to dinner, but everyone also understands that you cannot come in your swimming pants and no shirt on. I mean. Those things are quite normal, right? But to shame someone on the fact how someone is built, right? 
um, that is uh, that is very damaging. And we're talking about the dance industry, and the dance industry that we talk about has often to do uh, what we see about performance. So that is in front of audience. So you let yourself judge. Just do understand that too. If you choose to be a dancer, you put yourself in front of other people, and they judge you. <laughs> you can say that is wrong, but that's your choice too, right? So. Um, and, and hopefully we can influence that judgment based upon, uh, you know, a lot of criteria. And one of the criteria is, of course, how you portray yourself on the dance floor if it comes to yes. stage dancing, if it comes to competitive dancing. And those things could be different. Hip-hop dancers don't think that they have all their baggy and loose clothes that they didn't think yes. about appearance too. They did too. If I go yeah. in my Latin shoot on a hip-hop competition, and even if I would dance really well hip-hop, I will be in the beginning judged on, like, what is he wearing? <laughs> huh? mm -hmm. So so, so no, no one is excluded from that. <laughs> yes. In the dance world, I was writing down this, Sean, because I, the religion... And the culture, they have their own culture and own religion. Absolutely. When you would look to the Muslim culture, the women in the 70s was more free to wear what they have now because it's so many times in the news media. So there are, you can see from most, you cannot see the hairs anymore in Afghanistan and in uh, Iran and Iran and uh, Iraq. But in the uh, what actually we do a little bit similar, we make it even more um, in our dance world. Like you have to have small legs, you have to long, have to have long legs. In the Latin world, still there are many people who have black hair, long hair, because they related to a certain uh, culture of dancing. They have to look brown. Say so they're, they're doing. Uh, brown tanning on and then they say yeah but on the dance floor you have to look brown otherwise you look ill but in the ballet world they not br put that tanning on and in the hip-hop world so you they put a certain culture and religion also in a particular dance world in the ballet in the hip-hop but why you cannot be who you are you are the art yourself why do to judge it. So if you want to perform, be free from rules, actually. Why put a rule on it? Well, I did. There's, there's, there is, I mean, you can, there's not a single answer to that, of course. I mean, every dance style and every, and it has nothing to do only with dance. If you go to golf, uh, you know, you see that there is a certain things that people wear, and then you have also oh, you've always rebellions in that, right? You've always people who go against the grain. Andrea Gassi against went against the grain when he was wearing these neon collars, where it was very common to go to Wimbledon only in pure white, right? That was you know it that's it. so we we all have that, and you will see. That also in our Latin and ballroom, that's where we typically coming from. Also, there it changes the fashion changes as well. But it's still from a if you are outside that world, it all looks the same, 
right? I am inside that world, so I see the nuance, right? But if you're outside the world, you think, okay, all these guys are wearing some sort of a black thing and the other ones have a dress on, you know? And for me, not knowing the hip-hop world, for me, they all look the same. They all have baggy clothes and T-shirts and stuff like that. And they don't accept, uh, they don't accept if I would come in a costume. <laughs> you go to Argentine Tango, you know, they also have a costume, but the costumes look different and that's the luck with maybe Ton and me. We we cross so many dance styles, so we see the differences. And I can see it in one studio, um, Ton and I and I and I feel it's not with ill intent, but people do it only almost subconsciously, right? So I go to a West Coast swing class, and the West Coast swing people they typically just wear their jeans and they have their t-shirts on, and they they look very sh almost shabby, you know? They're almost proud like shabby. Uh, uh, looking and if you come from another dance class like Argentine Tango and so you look a little bit typically a little bit more dressed in an Argentine Tango class literally not everyone but some some people already look at that like you know they look a little bit down on that person does that make sense um, yes that makes sense and and, 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 and I don't think they immediately mean it in a bad way you know, I don't think they mean it in a bad way, but they have some sort of in their head, oh, if you not look like this, you don't belong to our dance style. That is a little bit. And I think as teachers, we should become very aware to not breed such behavior and thinking. That's that's the point that we want to make. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, what I have one thing in my head, Sean. Mm -hmm. um, Steve Jobs, you know Steve Job? Jobs, Jobs, yeah. yeah. from um, Steve Jobs, yeah, from Apple. From Apple, mm -hmm. his presentation were always in the jeans and a black shirt, black total, yeah. Yes, but he was accepted because he wear only that um, this uh, kind of cloth clothing. But the respect was there because his um, quality inside and what he produced to the outside was um, really, really huge. Why we cannot look to people also on the dance floor to this, look to the quality from the inside, not judge somebody only from the outside? Oh, is that a question for me? <laughs> no, it's not actually a question, but it's actually... Um, it's a general question. It, no. there, there are similarities in it, because I take two extremes from somebody who is not known and somebody who is very known, who stays close to himself yeah. and did his presentation in jeans and in a black shirt. No, but I and, mean, we, we should not let influence our personal preference, Tom, in this, because... You know, mm -hmm. I, I can fully appreciate someone in a beautiful, what I think beautiful, I do it on purpose now, right? <laughs> the subject mm -hmm. is beautiful. In a beautiful Armani or a Dolce Cabana suit and have a good talk. And if that fits that person, if he does wear that because he believes that he wants to be, what I don't like if they say you will only be judged well if you wear a Dolce and Cabana. <laughs> that's the that's the difference, right? So I they, 
I yeah. love the Latin look. I love it. I love the the, the dresses. I, I design dresses. I, I love it. But I'm not saying you can only be judged well if you wear that type of dress. See, there's the difference. That mm -hmm. is, if we put in someone's head, you can only score well if you are in a certain way dressed or then that's not a good thing. Or you have, a, but I particularly like it from a personal point of view, I have nothing against it. I'm not judging someone wrong if they do something different. Does that make yeah. sense? I think if yeah. you want to go on the on, on the on the Latin dance floor, and let's say you look like a hip hop dancer, but your quality of dancing is there, mm -hmm. hey, you have not me against it. <laughs> it's probably not the clothes that I would wear, but I fully appreciate you. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. See, that's so the, that's the difference. You judge a book then by the cover? No, I just say that the cover is also part of the book. I'm just not saying, yeah. oh, the the book, the, the cover is not part of it. I'm just saying I'm not only judge the book by the cover. No, I I think you need both too. Exactly, you need both. Yes, you need both too. You but, cannot, so but. therefore my personal opinion about whether Steve Jobs looked like that, you know, at some point in time, it's just image too. So image. He, yes, but he built up he that image. He created that image of I look normal in jeans with a black turtle and that's my image. And, and he, bu he built that image up too. Yes, but that image you can build also on the dance floor. Of course. But it's yeah. sometimes not possible. If you are in a company, then the choreographer had some ideas how somebody have to look in that company. So you will wear that. Of course, that's a part of your job then to wear that because this is why they pay you. Yeah. And the same in the ballet world. But there are, when you make or create something for yourself, realize that you can wear whatever you want to wear. But if you want also have a nice cover, whatever that would be, I don't know what that is because it's not exist actually but maybe it would support the idea then be free and try to find something what support the idea but not just i think um by myself fat people people with uh, the ears in front or people on an age they deserve a chance actually oh no of course and, and not to judge them on the outside yeah. because the inside could really really surprise you no i totally uh, totally agree i see i even think that it's bad to say he, he if you say oh he dance well for a fat person that's horrible oh, 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 oh. but that that's, happens actually that's not a compliment that's not a compliment but you see no. you, you see youtube videos and they say you know dances for everyone and then they portray someone with uh, a different shape than most well if dances for everyone and a normal looking person is also okay <laughs> yeah it's, you should also not be have a extra point because you you look different and you still dance well. It, it, people cannot see through it yet. Uh, now, if it comes to being overweighted, right? Uh, 
um, we should also not glorify the fact that if you are overweighted but you can still dance well we should also know that overweight being overweighted is a health is a health issue it's a health issue don't glorify being overweighted but i would never judge someone less on dance qualities because of his weight or his appearance see that's where it becomes very tricky it depends uh, what you think what is overweighted when i would do um, in the athletics i would um, how you say the ball yeah um, yeah i do yes when i throw that uh, heavy ball there yeah. i'm 60 kilo but somebody who look more um overweighted i would say yeah, and there are 90 or 120 kilo but they're not so, overweighted they just they're no, just that, heavy they just have heavy them. yes but if you but are truly they, yeah yes that's a difference right i'm not i'm not judging someone because he looks bigger than someone no. else right i i am a, I, I i used to be a fighter in the ring right and you typically fight against someone in your own weight category but i also fought uh, in in where there is no weight categories and I'm a very light person and I know how hard it is to fight someone who is bigger and heavier than you that is that is really hard right but yes. that, that that I don't call those people overrated but when someone is obese yeah of course I mean if they dance well they would still get good marks from me I would not judge them on being overweighted that's what I but there is still the issue of being overweighted, right? So uh, you cannot be discriminated in any form because of your appearance. Yes, the thing is, you are on the same standard as your other judges, than the other judges, but you are not. Maybe you stand alone in that opinion. Uh, and this is why it's important to have education in that one, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, but I also want to be honest, right? In to to ourselves, let's let's not pretend that we are better than anyone else. No, no, no. If two dancers are 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 the same dance quality, the same dance quality, you know, we all have some sort of a tendency then to give someone the the the, and that is just uh, that's just the nature of competition. So. Maybe you should have something against competition then too. But in, in the end, we then stand someone on whatever your personal preference is, right? And and that could be beauty. That could be, oh man, he works so hard because he has more weight. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, it's that becomes always unfair. Some people say, oh, like in a company, oh, if the criteria are the same, uh, then someone with that ethnic, ethnic background has preference. I said, how can these rules yes. be set in one sentence you know if if and if they, they do are, that if uh, they do, do that. that if they are the same then the women gets preference how can these be in how do these things exist together in one sentence <laughs> actually it's a misbehave of uh, power they use their power yeah. uh, when they have an audition 600 people come to audition and after uh, you kicked out they was yeah. searching for an asian type of per exactly. dancer exactly. and then yeah. let, they let 600 people come why they not say we exactly. look for an asian type of person it's at least and almost. then you get maybe 60 it's... 70 or 100 uh, no. 
for the audition and not yeah. 600. So, and then the other 500, they are very disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, but it's, it's very hard, of course, to, to, to rule that out. And I don't know in that particular situation, if I would be a judge in a competition and you and I have judged our share of competitions, that if they would be exactly the same, which is already Im almost impossible, but let's say theoretically that is what would I give my, my preference, right? So let's say yes. there is a same sex couple that dance exactly the same quality as a, a, a non-sex sex, sex couple, there probably yeah. will be people say, oh, then I'll let the same sex couple go forward because it's so special. And other people say, oh, and yeah. so that's, so you see if we are, and I think that's why we ask, how honest are we to ourselves? Do we have it in ourselves that we do these things to other people too? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I think we yeah. all do. We all, we all do. Uh, yeah. But I learned now, while I'm 59 years old, I learned the last 10 years because I had also get from my parents, from my, my environment as education, how people must look. Yeah. But now through my studies and through my writing of my book, I think different. And through the conversations with you, Sean, I, I see now the world different. And this is um, each person is very unique and it's very um, special. Yeah. And um, not to put a sticker on the outside, but try first to give somebody a chance and no, give a chance or somebody is and what it is it's the art of himself that's what i said already before on the podcast so each person is already art you are unique you are special and um and go through the world with this idea yeah and bring that and bring that forward yes no i i, I can only i can only agree and that does not mean that i cannot uh so if some people think oh you guys want to make the whole world everything the same not at all <laughs> you want to keep the uniqueness uh, of it all so there there were some attempts to make every guy dance in in pure black with long sleeves and then the same dress for every girl uh, yeah, probably you get a little bit more honest way of looking just at dance. But for me, a big, a, sh a big, a big attraction for me to at least some dance styles is the cover of the book too. But it has to go hand in hand. If someone yes. looks like a million dollar with beautiful dress and a beautiful subjective, I know that on and beautiful clothes, but they can dance. There's no way that I would judge that in a positive yes. way. I think from the unconscious, we're looking for symmetry. We're looking oh, yeah. for geometry. Oh, sure. yeah. Yes, this is what we're looking for. And this comes because our industry is more from the industry revolution. So we're looking to the straight lines and balanced lines. We look for order and yeah. we look for, yes, but try to see and take also the other one as yeah. a as a positive judgment asymmetry is also positive and oh. unorderly is also positive and organic look not that everybody is exactly in the same line that makes it special and this is yeah. the opposite from it so mm. look to both sides oh, symmetry yeah. asymmetry orderly 
unorderly, geometric, and organic. These are very important points to consider and to be aware mm -hmm. that there is not only one golden standard. There isn't. There is, I, have to, I have to look it up for you, Tom, because there is an American photographer and he's an artist and he on purposely made everything symmetric. And you will see how scary that looks. That looks very weird. We think it's beautiful if everything is perfectly symmetric, but it's actually not. Actually, it, it, it goes a little bit against your feeling because... We 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 don't uh, we don't see the world. It's an interesting world. That's a little bit yeah. besides the thing, but but he actually was very young already on the body shaming issue that everything has to be perfect, right? And that yeah. and he made he made portraits. He on purposely he 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 used uh, and made it perfect, and it's not so beautiful as you think it is. <laughs> Um, at least in the standard of what we think is beautiful. So, um, but the deeper uh, psychological reason for this is, uh, Tom, is people would like to understand things. We have a need in our brain to always make sense of the world. Mm. And we make quicker sense of the world if things are in order. Yes. Organic things are typically not so in order. So it takes a little bit more effort for us to understand it so that is not a subjective thing that's an objective thing right so that's where that's coming from mm -hmm. that's where they, yeah interesting they, huh? interesting sean yeah so so things outside the outside the norm right and whatever the norm is the norm in itself is very subjective already will always be judged for by some people in a negative way some people actually appreciate it, like, oh my gosh, it's uh, so special. But if it's too far out of the norm, it yeah. will most of the time not be well received. Like your hair went off. It was, and, and you did you dance truly different with bald hair? Now you dance the same, equally good, but it probably has cost you quite a few marks. <laughs> Yes, absolutely, Sean. And um, if I would dance now in that <laughs> Latin world, yeah. But I accept who I am. And yeah. of course, in the beginning, that's really personal. It's, oh. It was difficult to lose my hair. And I was used to my hair. And I was proud of it. But now I don't have it. Now I also accept who I am. Mm -hmm. I am what I am. This is the beautiful song. Uh, beautiful again, subjective. Yeah. This is a song. Yes, Bessie. Yeah, a very nice uh, version of "I Am What I Am." Version but, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, to be, it's a very sensitive topic because I, I, I'm losing my hair. But I, I'm losing my hair since the age of thirty. So I was still uh, dancing, and then you know, Will van Russell, right? You know, my good friend and. One of my first teachers, you know, you know well. And he said, no, no, he said, we were also in Blackpool. He said to me, you know, but you know what you need to do? You need to put shoe, shoe polish on your hair. <laughs> so we went to Boots and we bought shoe polish. But of course, it was a little bit of a joke for him too. He didn't 
but yeah. I fell for it. And then, of course, that <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible, but I did it. It was so stupid. Yeah. And just yeah. instead of just saying, hey, man, it is what it is. Yes. I, I, want, <laughs> I want just give one advice, uh, Sean. That was a nice story, actually. <laughs> I want to give one advice. Go into your background what your parents learned maybe you considered to think different about it yeah the news what you get from the newspaper think always by yourself and go deeper why i like this and why i like this not ask this question to yourself and then maybe there comes something surprising out and if you not care you behave people probably like maybe not fair yeah yeah that's, that's that last that last part just... is the most important part right it of course it's okay if you have your preference what you like and what you don't like there is no there we're not against that at all subjectivity is not wrong but if you if you do something you judge someone differently and specifically as a professional judge you you mark them differently because you don't like how they look then it becomes uh, then it becomes an issue, right? That's that's all. You treat them differently because the way they are they look. Then it becomes an issue. That's what we talk about. We're not saying you cannot have your preference in how you how people you know what you like and what you don't like. Maybe you don't like bold people, but it doesn't mean that's fine. <laughs> it's okay, you know. But uh, you cannot say, oh, I think he is a lesser person because he is bold. He's bold. That's body shaming. Yes. So, Sean, I have to go now. Yes. Um, um, I hope uh, you people thought it was an interesting discussion. Uh, Tom and I were pretty relaxed <laughs> in talking about this. Uh, you know, if you speak English and Dutch, by the way, you can uh, follow some of these uh, discussions also in Dutch. I can promise you it typically is slightly different in the other language. Um, but it's kind of fun. So uh, I just wanted to say, Tom, that we actually have two podcasts, one in the, in Dutch, one in English. Very often we have the same topic, but we yes. typically always discuss it um, in two ways. So if you put the subtitles yes. on or you, you speak both languages, you can listen to both. And um, uh, with that, I'm going to say um, goodbye. But I also want to announce already to uh, some people ask, hey, but where are your podcasts? So we'll show that at the end. Ton, yeah. it was a pleasure talking to you as always. You know, have a great rest of your week. And we'll hope to see you next time in Dance Jam with another yes. topic. Today we talked about body shaming and we had hopefully an unfiltered conversation on body and shaming. Yes. And if you are came to the end, then I will say, say thank you for listening. Till yes. next time. Till next time. All right. This was Dance Jams with another episode. And, you know, and I will say this now. And, of course, you can find us on Spotify on Dance Jams. You can find us on YouTube at uh, youtube.com at Ton Grayton Podcast. And then we also have a website called Jamdance slash podcasts. All right. Uh, and I hope to see you next time. Bye-bye.